Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so it's September the 1st. That means it's dove season. And 30.06 and 30.07 signs don't carry a punishment for most places in the state of Texas. Going to tell you about that later in the hour. Also, did you know only 4% of Texans have a license to carry handgun? That's right, only 4%. So, you know, let's talk about the Odessa and the Midland, Texas shooting. I want to talk about that this hour uh, with Dr. John Lott. Uh, Let me tell you about Dr. Lott. You know, Dr. John Lott is the founder of the Crime Prevention Research Center. Uh, Dr. John Lott Jr. is an economist and a world-recognized expert on guns and crime. Dr. Lott has held research or teaching positions at various academic institutions, including the University of Chicago, Yale University, the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania, Stanford University, and Rice University, and was the chief economist at the United States Sentencing Commission during 1988 and 1989. He is currently a contributor to the Hill newspaper and columnist for Fox News and townhall.com. He holds a PhD in economics from UCLA. So I want to talk to Dr. Lott about you know all the rhetoric that's going on because the things that we hear after a shooting is do something they want us to do something want us to create more laws so let me welcome to the conversation dr john lott well thanks for having me on absolutely sir uh so what are your thoughts on that well i mean obviously we have another horrible tragedy here uh i guess I want to try to do something. For 20 years, I've been frustrated in trying to do things. Usually the types of laws that keep on getting proposed wouldn't have anything to do with these mass public shootings. Um, You know, this case is unusual in some respects. Uh, This person obviously was a criminal. My guess is, from everything I understand, is uh, he started the shooting when the police pulled him over for a what appeared to be a minor traffic violation. Presumably, uh, he was doing something wrong at that time, which uh, would have caused the police to arrest him. And so he started shooting through the back window of his car at the police vehicle behind him, wounding uh, one of the officers that were there. 
And then once he had shot at the officers in order to try to escape, he's shooting at various people as he's driving along. Uh, you know, why he's doing that, uh, you know, I can make educated guesses. I, you know, it's possible he thought that he would delay the police going after him. Uh, my guess is uh, if that was in his mind, he made a major miscalculation because it basically brought down the entire police force on him. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I can only, it's very hard to stop somebody who's driving along and firing from his car. But, um, you know, I hopefully we'll get more information in the coming days, but that's basically what I know so far. Absolutely, sir. And so uh, what we're hearing is people are saying that maybe we should have universal background checks Maybe we should have red flag laws, you know, and put some of those things on the books in Texas and other states around the country. Uh, I would like to get your thoughts on that. Well, after every mass public shooting uh, this century, we've had, we, well, we keep on hearing we need to have red uh, background checks on the private transfers of guns, these universal background checks. President Obama, when he was president, the one law that he would usually, and the only one they would usually point to after mass public shootings would be these universal background checks. And yet there's not one mass public shooting this century so far that we know of that would have been stopped if such a law had been in effect, even if it had been perfectly enforced. Um, I don't know how this person obtained his gun yet, Uh but every other case that a person's obtained a gun for these attacks, they've obtained it one of two ways. Either they legally bought the gun, which doesn't seem likely in this case, or they stole the gun, which wouldn't be relevant for background checks in any case. So, you know, I guess we'll find out. But I, all I can say is any of the previous cases up until now, there's not one case this century that would have been stopped by having these universal background checks, which to me makes it a not very serious proposition if the whole point is to stop these mass public shootings. Uh, my own belief is that the reason why they keep on pushing it, even though it's unrelated to these attacks, uh, is uh, they just want to make it costly for people to be able to go and have guns, uh, and 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 it's particularly minorities that they stop from owning guns as a result of this. Uh, so they're going to be voting on this type of thing in Washington D.C. It costs $125 to privately transfer a gun in Washington D.C. Wow. It may not stop me from being able to go and buy a gun, but my research shows that. The very people who need guns the most for protection, poor minorities, particularly poor blacks, who are the most likely victims of violent crime, are the ones who benefit the most from owning guns. And $125 plus the other fees that are there, they make the difference between whether or not they're legally able to go and buy a gun to protect their families and themselves. And there are other problems with it, too. I mean... Uh, things that could be easily fixed, but gun control advocates refuse to fix. So, for example, we keep hearing that there are 3.5 million dangerous prohibited people that have been stopped from buying guns because of background checks. That's simply false. What they should say is that there have been 3.5 million initial denials, and virtually all of those are mistakes. You know, it's 
one thing to stop somebody who's a felon from buying a gun. It's another thing to stop somebody simply because they have a name similar to a felon from buying a gun. And again, it's primarily minorities who are hurt here. People tend to have names similar to others in their racial groups. Hispanics have names similar to other Hispanics. Blacks tend to have names similar to other blacks. 30% of black males in the United States are legally prohibited from owning a gun because of past criminal history. Whose names are their names most likely to be confused with? Other good, law-abiding black males who want to go and buy a gun to protect themselves and their families. There's no reason why those mistakes should be occurring. If, you know, you buy a gun and you fill out the 4473, you put your name, your social security number, your address, your birthday, your race, your eye color, you think they're using all that information. What they end up using is roughly phonetically similar names and similar birthdays. If private employers, when they do criminal background checks, were to go and use roughly phonetically similar names in checking people, my guess is a lot of Democrats would go nuts. And, and we're talking. And we're talking with Dr. John Lott. He's the founder of the Crime Prevention Research Center. We're going to come back with Dr. Lott after the break. But do you know that only four percent of Texans have a license to carry a handgun? We're going to talk about that and more. We come back. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. That's right. It's September the 1st, and that means that Dove season starts today. And the 30.06 and 07 signs don't carry a punishment. We're going to talk about that later in the hour. Uh, But did you know that only 4% of Texans have a license to carry handgun? That means you need to take your own personal safety in your own hands. And the rhetoric that we're getting out of this last shooting that happened in Texas is do something. Is the message that's coming out. Well, you know what? Only 4% of Texans have a likes to carry handgun. So you need to do something and take care of your own family. Do you know that police have no duty to save nor rescue you, but only a general duty to enforce the laws? You know what? Texas State Representative Matt Schaefer says, as an elected official with a vote in Austin, let me tell you what I am not going to do. This is according to State Representative Matt Schaefer. He says he is not going to use the evil acts of a handful of people to diminish the God-given rights of my fellow Texans, period. Matt Schaefer says none of these so-called gun control solutions will work to stop a person with evil intent. He also goes on to say that I say no red flag flag law, pre-crime laws, no to universal background checks, no to bans on AR-15s or high capacity magazines. He says no to mandatory gun buybacks. And what can we do? That's the question he asks. He says yes to praying for victims. 
yes to praying for protection. Yes to praying that God would transform the hearts of people with evil intent. He says, yes to fathers not leaving their wives and children. Yes to discipline in the homes. Yes to supporting our public schools. Yes to giving every law-abiding single mom the right to carry a handgun to protect her and her kids without permission from the state. And the same for all other law-abiding Texans of age. He says, yes to your God-given constitutional protective rights. Yes to God and no to more government intrusion. That's right. That's your Texas State Representative, Matt Schaefer. But let me go back to Dr. Lott. Dr. Lott. So what, you know, what's your take on the red flag laws? Because uh, that's another thing that's coming out of this recent shooting that we had. Right. Well, uh, I don't really see how they would have helped in this case. Uh, I mean, obviously, you have somebody with a criminal record. Uh, he couldn't legally own a gun to begin with. So um, I'm not really sure what a red flag law would say that you'd take away the person's gun there. Uh, you know, presumably they would have taken it away anyway if they knew that uh, he had it. So, but I did want to say something on the state legislator that you were just quoting from, and that is I think it is important that people get concealed carry permits. Uh, police themselves, even though they're extremely important in stopping crime, understand that they virtually arrive, always arrive on the crime scene after the crimes occurred. And the question is, what should people do when they're having to confront a, a killer like this or a criminal like this by themselves? And, you know, even if you can't get a hold of a phone to go and call the police, they obviously, as this case illustrates, can't be there instantly all the time to protect people. And it's important that somebody be there uh, in order to stop them. Now, Dr. Lott, do more guns equals less, less crime? Yeah, I think very strongly. I mean, whether you look across countries or whether you look across states over time in the United States, uh, as you see more people carrying permanent concealed handguns. You see a drop in violent crime rates. You can make it riskier for criminals to commit crime with anything from higher arrest rates to higher conviction rates to longer prison sentences. But the fact that a would-be victim might be able to go and protect themselves also makes it riskier for criminals to go and commit crime. I mean, if you want an example of of how gun control can fail in Texas, you just have to look south. Mexico, it's extremely strict gun control laws. Since 1972, they've only had one gun store in Mexico. It's located in Mexico City. It's run by the military. Guns are extremely expensive. Only about 1% of uh, Mexican adults own a gun uh, or have a license to legally own a gun. And uh, and yet Mexico in June had about three oh, had over three thousand murders in the first six months of this year. They had almost eighteen thousand murders, a murder rate that's about almost six times higher than the murder rate that we have here in the United States. Um, but they don't want to and, talk about that, though. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it illustrates a point, and that is, even though they have all these extreme restrictions on guns. Uh, the drug gangs are able to go and bring in guns into the country just as they go and they bring in uh, illegal drugs. 
And uh, in the United States also, uh, drug gangs are, are probably by far the biggest source of illegal guns in the United States. And so, you know, it'd be great if we could stop criminals from getting guns, but you're no more likely to stop criminals from getting guns than you've been stopping criminals from getting illegal drugs. And surely everybody knows how much time and effort we've put into that. Yeah, we're talking with Dr. Lott. Uh, he's the, you know, the founder of, and, and Dr. Lott actually has a, a lot of stacks. He's the founder of the Crime Prevention Research Center. And, and Dr. Lott, here's what I want to ask you. Uh, what about you know, the good guy with a gun? Because uh, uh, we're hearing a lot coming from, you know, right after these shootings, they always say, well, you know, a good guy with a gun, you know, didn't save the day. Is that true? Well, on our website at crimeresearch.org, uh, we have, if you go down the left column, uh, you'll find a link to literally many dozens of mass public shootings that police or prosecutors have said were stopped by citizens with permanent concealed handguns. If I were in the media, I would give a huge amount of media attention to those cases. Uh, you know, instead, they only give publicity to those cases where bad guys aren't stopped. Uh, I would also emphasize all the times, about 95% of the time, that mass public shootings occur in places where permanent concealed handguns are banned. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, and there are many very dramatic cases that have been stopped by uh, concealed carry permit holders. I mean, last fall, for example, there was a particularly dramatic case at... Uh, uh, a back-to-school event in Florida, not very far from where the Parkland school shooting had occurred, elementary school, uh, hundreds of young kids were there, uh, as well as their parents. Uh, an attacker came up, started firing his gun, and fortunately there was a vendor there who had a permitted concealed handgun and was able to seriously wound the attacker and stop the attack. Outside of local Florida media, you just won't hear any news coverage of it. Uh, you know, just a week or so ago, there was an attack that was stopped uh, in Georgia by a man with a gun. Uh, 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 another man had come up, uh, was very clear to police that he was going to engage in a mass public shooting, and he was stopped. Uh, there are other cases uh, that if you go and look at our website, you'll see literally dozens of cases in just recent years. And the amazing thing is how really virtually no news coverage that these cases receive. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Dr. John Lott Jr. He's the founder of the Crime Prevention Research Center. Definitely take out, check out his website because, like you said, he has all this information on the website. It's right there, and it gives you, you know, some great, great information on what's happened around the country that you're not going to hear from the mainstream media. And I want to thank Dr. John Lott Jr. for joining us this great Sunday. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. People can find more at our website at crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org. Thank you, Dr. Lott. Thank you. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to, man, Jerry Patterson. Jerry Patterson, you're on with Come and Talk It. How you doing, sir? Hey, this is Michael. I, I, I feel uncomfortable filing, uh, filing uh, like Liz Taylor's fifth husband. 
I know what to do. I just don't know how to make it interesting. <laughs> oh no, that's okay. I, I figure you're you're in the woods, and and we're able to track you down. You know, we're good. Yeah, like that. my uh, people are we're, good. We're uh, camping, hauling kayaks up a hill here in a minute, but. Uh, but, you know, I talk, and that means somebody else is dragging the kayak, so uh, that works out well for me. All right, so in about a minute and 30 seconds, so you tell me, Jerry Patterson, what's your thoughts on this recent shooting that's happened in Midland, Odessa, and what everyone is saying about red flag laws and universal background checks? Well, I mean, it, here, why don't we do this? Uh, you know, I suggest this to anybody, no matter what size you're on, side you're on. You know, let's take the last four, five, six, whatever, and then juxtapose that against what law would have prohibited that from happening. Universal background checks, would that have done it? Waiting period, would that have done it? Uh, and so it becomes clear to me that we have less of a gun problem than we have a uh, miscreant or nut job problem, to be very honest with you. There's no other way to describe it. I mean, uh, and I don't fix that. And uh, I don't know that it's 100% full period, but if you look at, and I don't know who the shooter was, I've been, been out of touch. I think they may have identified him by now. Where do you get, where do you get the guns? Uh, and then this, this impetus on universal background checks and closing the gun show loophole, which really doesn't exist. There is, there is, if you want to use the term loophole, there's a private transaction or private, uh, uh, conveyance loophole. It's not about gun shows, but you say gun shows because it brings up the specter of something evil and, you know, and pernicious. Uh, it's just, it's the language that they use. It's the terms that they've adopted. But so what, what has made a difference in any of these recent shootings? Let's, let's start there. That's what I would tell my colleagues on the other side. All right. Thank you, Jerry Patterson. We appreciate it. And you go ahead and help them out and get that uh, kayak up the mountain there. All right, and that was Jerry Patterson. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Talk 1370. Shotgun Willis, it's around in his underwear. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back, and we're talking about the Odessa shooting. We also talked about it's September the 1st, and that means it's dove season. We just talked with Jerry Patterson. He's out there in the woods. He's enjoying himself with his family. Uh, but you know what? We got some changes in the laws that are, that are happening today on September the 1st, as, in they, as they always do in every odd year. But let's give you an update on what happened with this active shooter. So on Saturday, August 31st, 2019, at 325 p.m., a traffic stop was initiated by DPS on I-20 between Midland and Odessa. The driver opened fire on the trooper before fleeing westbound on the interstate and shooting at civilian at East Loop 338 and I-20. The suspect proceeded on a shooting spree in the city of Odessa and stole a mail carrier truck the suspect continues shooting at innocent civilians all over Odessa before making his way to Synergy, which is a movie theater on Highway 191. The suspect then shot an Odessa Police Department officer along with a Midland Police Department officer. And then law enforcement officers returned fire, killing the suspect. At this time, there are a total of at least 21 injured and five confirmed deceased. There is no longer an in immediate threat to the public and this situation in Turns out there's seven deceased, 
uh, 21 injured and seven deceased. And there is no longer an, an immediate threat to the public. And this situation continues to be investigated by local, state and federal officials. So definitely stay tuned because this is de definitely a developing story. But I want to change gears a little bit. You know, uh, you got to take your own personal safety in your own hands. You know, definitely you know, get that license to carry handgun course. Uh, get your handgun license and carry a firearm because uh, evil can show itself at any time. There's no, you know, just any time. All of a sudden, you're just a random person. You're out shopping with your family. You're in Walmart. You're in Target. You're at the mall. You're driving down the highway, the interstate, and someone's randomly shooting at you. And that's basically what this was. So you know, it's it's gonna it's up to you to protect yourself and protect your family because the, you know, the Supreme Court has already ruled that you know law enforcement have no duty duty to protect you, only general duty to enforce the law. Hey, Mike, uh, you mentioned earlier only four percent of Texans have their LTC. That's right, only four percent of Texans have their license to carry handgun. I think that would surprise a lot of people. And when you look at that number, four percent, that's not how many people are walking around carrying a gun because. I know that I don't always carry a gun. I have my LTC, but I don't always have it. So what percentage of those people are really carrying? So when you think about it, it's like one in every couple hundred people have their gun on them in public in Texas. Yeah, and that's that's and then uh, you know, you know, of the 4%, like you said, how many are actually carrying? Yeah, of I'm not 4%. right now. <laughs> of that 4%, shame on you. We'll talk about that later. I'm carrying something though. <laughs> That's right. You. That's right. September the first. You're carrying knuckles. Yeah, these are legal right now. These uh, brass knuckles. Got your knuckles. Uh -huh. You got a club somewhere close by. You can carry your clubs. No, just knuckles. Just the knuckles. You like uh -huh. the knuckles. You, you've had that for quite a while now. So now you're legal. No, no. Today <laughs> is the first day I've had them. Just today. Yeah, oh, just all right. today. All right, just today. So let's talk about some of those new laws that have gone into effect starting September the first. Let's go with Edwin Walker with uh, Texas and U.S. Law Show. Edwin, you want to come and talk? Hey. Hey, Mike. Uh, it's great to be on with you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So, man, it's September the 1st, Edwin. Uh, what happens today? It is. It's New Law Day. So <laughs> every September, or not every September 1st, every other September 1st, we here in Texas, September 1st is an odd number year. And in, in some years, uh, there are a lot of laws to talk about. In other years, there are not so many. Uh, in some years, of course, one of them, Texas has has uh, finally, or they, they've gotten closer to the elimination of all of their weapons laws by saying that uh, clubs now can be carried. So hopefully everybody's out there carrying their knuckles and their clubs. <laughs> That's right. And then also, uh, the big thing that they're talking about, you know, amongst the gun community is the 30.06 and 30.07 sign. You know, what happens with that? Yeah, they, the, the Texas legislature did something really in which they have made it, I assume this was their intent, that they have made it very, very difficult to enforce a 30 get you, get you to stand, Get you to stand by, get you to stand by a window. Okay. Okay, what is it? Is it not? Is it, is it not yes. very well? Yeah, just going out just a little bit. All right, there we go. Now try that again. Okay, can you hear me? A yes. Better now? Yeah. yeah, let's go ahead and try that. Well, so 
with the 30-06-30-07 law, what happened is, I'm sure notice can be given a couple of different ways with regard to you know giving somebody the proper criminal trespass notice. The most popular or the most common, the most important know about is the fine. Um, that is, you know, like I said, that's the most commonly used. Uh, but what the legislature did was they said that uh, with regard to a sign, you know, $200. And now they've added a defense that it is a defense to prosecution if an individual was given a verbal notice and promptly. And so it now is going to make it very difficult to enforce the signage notice as well, because, of course, as soon as somebody walks up and says, I give I violate my major employee purchases the person, and forces them of the person, you know, with like, hey, did you see we have a sign? And then, and what Ed, what Edwin's talking about is, you know, uh, now the way the law is starting today, uh, when there's a thirty dot oh six or thirty dot oh seven sign posted, uh, and you walk in, you're, you're a license holder, you don't notice the sign, they actually have to ask you to leave, and if you refuse to leave or you leave and come back, then it's unlawfully carrying a weapon, and so the just the mere fact of the thirty dot oh six no seven sign. Um, it just, it, it drops down now. It's, it's not a huge punishment. We're going to get Edwin back here. We're going to get this cleared up a little bit and we'll get him back. But the punishment actually, it, it changes today. It's, it's a great day for license holders. So it's a good time for you to get your handgun license and actually start carrying a handgun and protect yourself and protect your family and carrying a lot more places. So now it's no punishment at all. Now they have to ask you to leave, and if you leave, then... Then you're fine. Yeah, you have a defense from prosecution. Exactly. Do a good job of concealing your handgun. Do a great job, you know, check yourself before you leave home, conceal carry your handgun, get your license, and then start carrying. Now, there's some places that, you know, you got to watch out for. You know, places that are in 46.03, that, you know, where no weapons are allowed, period, altogether. Watch out for those places. And, And then also... In Penal Code Section 46035. Uh, so you got to look out for those places as well. All right, but let me, uh, let's go back to Edwin Walker with Texas and U.S. Law Show. Mike, sorry about that. Oh, no, you're great. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. So, you know, perhaps we just. Perhaps the signal will uh, clear up in a little bit. Yeah. So, so the legislature's made it more difficult to enforce a 3 out 6 3 out 7 prohibition. Which is, I mean, I don't know how many prosecutions were actually occurring out there, uh, but now uh, somebody can raise the defense. I didn't see the sign or I didn't have notice. And now, if you know, if they're if they're handed a ticket, they go, "What sign?" I didn't see a sign, and the person says, "Yes, we have a sign." Uh, then they'll have the opportunity to leave and have a defense to prosecution. Okay, and so wh- where does the two hundred dollar you know ticket comes in? Where does that come in exactly? Well, that's you know the interesting thing is is that what would have to happen is is that the person would have to uh, the police would have to be called. Uh, while the person remains on the, you know, unless unknowingly remains on the 30 out 6, 30 out 7 property, 
and the police would have to be called and basically ambush him, really, with the ticket. And then uh, he'd be given the ticket, uh, and then he'd have to go to either a justice of the peace course court or a municipal court uh, to fight the ticket. Okay, so that's why you're still on the premises? Well, yeah, because you're still on the premises, because they failed to give you the premises. Ah, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. So basically what you're saying is, so I want to make sure I have this right. So if there's a 30.06 and 07 sign posted and you go in, the police would actually have to be there and catch you inside and to write you a ticket. Correct, without giving you verbal notice, which is, which is, is, is I really can't conceive of a situation where that would happen. And unless, you know, like is it, there's a 30.07 sign posted and you walk in openly carrying your handgun and an officer sees you carrying a handgun, you know, in the open and they walk up to you and, and give you a ticket. Correct. They would give you a ticket. But like I said, once they started giving you the ticket or writing you out the ticket, because obviously they have to get your identifying information first. And so if they come up and say, hey, give me your ID and you're like, what for? And they go, because you just carried past that sign. And you would say, oh, I carried past the sign. Sorry about that. I will promptly leave right now. Hmm. And now it would be very difficult for them to enforce that against you. Gotcha. Okay. All right. And then we, we come back also want to talk about uh, the parking lots for schools because something's going to change about that. Um, and there's some other minor little changes also. We're talking about the, you know, the shooting that happened in Midland and Odessa. Uh, the governor uh, has already released a statement. Uh, he says the first lady and I are heartbroken over this senseless and cowardly attack. And we offer our unwavering support to the victims and their families and all the people of Midland and Odessa, uh, said Governor Abbott. And the state of Texas and the Department of Public Safety are working closely with local law enforcement to provide resources as needed and deliver justice for this heinous attack. Uh, he thanks the first responders who have acted swiftly and admirably under pressure, and he wanted to remind all Texans that we are, will not allow the Lone Star State to be overrun by hatred and violence. And he says we will unite, as Texans always do, to respond to this tragedy. We come back. We're going to finish off talking about some changes in the laws. You're going to remember that you know it's up to you to protect yourself and also protect your family. Uh, police have no duty to enforce the law, only general, uh, no duty to protect you, but only general duty to enforce the law. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news. From Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. It's September the 1st and some new laws go into effect for the state of Texas. Uh, the 30.06 and 07 signs, you know, it's only a, a class C misdemeanor now, but they got to catch you inside. If they come up to you and ask you to leave, you leave. Everything's OK. You leave and come back or you refuse to leave. And that's unlawful caring. So it's a great day for license holders, for people that actually have a handgun license. 
that 30.06.07 sign, it goes down a little bit. It used to be a class A misdemeanor, but watch out for f- places like uh, that are in 4603. Uh, let's go to Edwin Walker and tell us those, some of those places that you really got to watch out for in 4603 and in 46035 because the punishment still stays the same for those places. Yeah, 4603 and 46035. Uh, those are the places that are statutorily prohibited. Uh, they've been the same for, you know, forever and ever. Everybody showed them by now. Uh, uh, but one thing that is important to remember is that we, in those instances, we're just talking about the buildings. Uh, for example, a school, it has to be a school building or, an acti- or a place where school activity is taking place. A courtroom or offices used by the court, it has to be the actual court or the office, not the parking lot. Um other places, uh, 46035, like 51% establishments, those are establishments where liquor is sold for consumption on the premises, uh, and the place receives more than 50, 51% or more of its revenue from them, so it's like a bar. Uh, it has to be the, you know, the, the, the actual area where the liquor is sold, not the parking lot. Um, polling places, secured areas of airports, uh, all the places that people should know. Now, which can change in 46035 is that there were several places where uh, if you were given a 30-06 or 30-07 notice, then you were actively illegally carrying. Uh, they weren't off limits just because of the fact that they existed, but they did have to give you notice, give a license holder notice. And those included amusement parks, hospitals, nursing homes, church synagogues, mosques, and other places of religious worship, and government meetings. Well, in order to kind of clarify the confusion that has existed for 25 years, uh, or close to 25 years, regarding churches, the, uh, the legislature finally removed churches from that list entirely. And so now a church is just like a regular plain old vanilla 30-06 or 30-07 place. So it no longer has a heightened Class A penalty for going past a 30-06, 30-07 sign on, at a church. Not- it now just will be the same as a, you know, as a restaurant or a grocery store or a mall or any other place that private property place that has the ability to post a 30-06, 30-07 sign. Okay, now what about uh, like a 7-Eleven that sells alcohol or a restaurant that sells alcohol? Not a 51%, but they post a blue sign. Uh, with the- yeah, a lot of people, yes, sir, a lot of people get confused by the blue sign, in which the blue sign is, a, that's, the, that's the common name for the sign that everybody should see outside of any place that sells alcohol. And it does not matter whether the alcohol is sold as packaged alcohol, which means that you have to take it somewhere and drink it, or alcohol for consumption, which is alcohol that's consumed on the premises. Any place that sells alcohol has to have this blue sign, which is simply a notice with regard to Texas Penal Code 4602, subsection C, which says that somebody is committing the crime of unlawfully carrying a weapon if they carry on a place that sells alcohol. And so uh, that applies, of course, to handguns, because that's now the really the only weapon that is prohibited under 4602. Um, you have your, uh, 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 if you carry a handgun into a 7-Eleven, or you carry a handgun into a grocery store, or you carry a handgun into a restaurant, and you do not have a license to carry, 
that means that you're committing the offense of unlawful carry under 4602. And if you go into a place that sells alcohol, regardless of how they sell it, uh, the penalty is not a Class A misdemeanor, but is, in fact, a third-degree felony. Okay, now what if you have a license to carry a handgun, and they have the blue sign, they sell alcohol, and they post a 30.06 sign, and you carry it anyway? Yeah, if you you know if you have a if you have a license to carry and you go into a thirty odd six place where they have prohibited you under the uh, trespassing statute, uh, then the penalties of thirty odd six apply, not the penalties of forty six oh two. And so it's still just a place that prohibits you under their criminal trespass statute. So the blue sign, the alcohol sign, does not apply to that situation. Okay. And so it's just like any other 30.06 or 07 sign, they have to ask you to leave. That's correct. Okay. All right. Awesome. So other, and if you promptly leave, you have a defense. And so really, in order for uh, now in reality to be prosecuted under 30.06 or 30.07 penalty, uh, those sections, that's really going to apply people who carry license, you know, license holders who carry in there, carry their hands in there, they're asked to leave. And then for some reason, they decide to, you know, be a real jerk about it and continue their presence on the property. And then at that point, of course, they can be charged with a Class A misdemeanor. Okay. And then also we have uh, – that goes into effect September the 1st. Uh, something happens in the parking lot of schools. What's up with that? Yeah, with regard to school parking lots, this is a great example of how the legislature creates a law. The people who are subject to that law decide to ignore the intent and spirit of that law, and the legislature has to immediately back in, take action against them by strengthening the law. And so what happened uh, in the last legislative session is that the Texas legislature said that school districts could not prohibit employees, and this could be any employee in the school district, it could be a teacher, a maintenance worker, a cafeteria worker, an administrator, any employee of a school district who had a license to carry, in which I believe that we saw an uptick in school employees who went out and got their licenses to carry, which if you're if you're eligible as a school district employee, which you know most school district employees are eligible to get their LTC because they're not school districts don't hire people with criminal backgrounds. And so if you're school there or you know a school district employee or you're related to one, be sure and tell them to go get their license to carry. They really, you know, as far as people who need to carry, they really are at the top of the list. So the legislature came back and said that a school district could not prohibit an employee who lives with a Okay, I'm going to get you this. Get you that. I want to make, you, make sure you're standing in a good spot, and then I want you to repeat that one more time. Okay. Well, hopefully you can hear me. Yeah. Uh, if you are an employee of a school district and you have an LTC, a license to carry, a school district cannot prohibit you from carrying a firearm or ammunition in your vehicle as long as it is not in plain view and your vehicle is locked. Okay. Nice. So... What happened was, was a couple of years ago, they passed this law, and the school districts decided to infringe on the intent and spirit of the law by saying, well, the legislature says that we can't prohibit it, but 
in order for you to do that, it has to be unloaded, and it has to be in a case, and it has to be in your trunk, and you have to tell us what it is, and you have to tell us on the days that you're actually bringing in your car. So there. They made it very, very difficult and made it cumbersome. The Texas legislature came back this year and, you know, has basically, uh, you know, issued a smackdown on these school districts and said you cannot regulate how these license holders carry a legally, you know, carry their firearm and ammunition legally in their car on your parking lot. Okay. All right. Awesome. Man. Thank you, Edwin Walker. I really appreciate it. Yeah, really appreciate you explaining that to us, um, especially the 30.06 and 07 sign, because that's a really hard one for some people to understand sometimes. But definitely get your license to carry handgun people. Um, and then once you do that, get Texas and U.S. Law Shield and protect yourself once you have to use that gun for self-defense. And also, you know, if your family have to use it for self-defense, definitely want to be covered by Texas and U.S. Law Shield. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. You enjoy the rest of your weekend. All right, yes, so, sir. All right. So a, a lot of good things. Yeah, you know, we have some good things that are going into effect uh, starting today. Uh, like Edwin said, you know, Senate Bill 535, which goes in effect today, uh, which removes churches from the list and actually puts churches with everything else. They have to post a sign, give you verbal notice. Um, and if they do post a sign, it's only a class C misdemeanor. Also with that. Uh, the 30.06 and 07 sign is now just a Class C misdemeanor, not to exceed a $200 fine. It's no longer a Class A misdemeanor starting today. Uh, House Bill 302 uh, prevents homeowners or landlords from banning residents from lawful possessing or carrying or storing firearms or ammunition on rental property. That means they can't put it in a lease anymore. The bad thing about that is if it's already in your lease... Right now, it has to. It stays in the lease. It's still enforceable. If you renew your lease, it's still enforceable. So what has to happen is after today, you have to you know move to a new place and get a new lease, and then they cannot put it in your lease anymore, saying that you cannot have firearms inside your rental property. House Bill 1143 prevents school districts from prohibiting licensed gun owners, uh, including district employees, from storing a gun, ammunition, and locked cars in the parking lot. House Bill 2363 updates specifications on how foster parents can store their firearms in a foster home. City Bill 741 prevents homeowners, uh, property owners, association from regulating gun owners and pro prohibits restrictions on lawful discharge of a firearm. House Bill 1791 prevents ordinances that keep licensed gun owners from entering government buildings with handguns. These are some of the great things that go into effect today. These are so you can protect yourself and also protect your family. Remember, the police have no authority to protect you on their general, general rule to enforce the law. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. I'll take my guns, my Keep your change. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.